Okay, welcome back to uh, Fantasy Baseball Disrupted with a comma and a big D. I am walking my dog near a road, so those are the noises. It is March 6th, and I just wanted to um, uh, talk about my podcast uh, this year. I'm not going to do any rankings or um, any of that stuff that, that you can sort of get anywhere and... Uh, I think other people, um, you know, obviously do a better job of um, speculating, you know, uh, position rankings, position scarcity, uh, category scarcity, etc. So uh, I thought this year that my rule of thumb should be, you know, I should only do a podcast on a topic that I get excited about. Um, and also keeping in mind, um, it, it, it also has to be, um, a topic. Oh, I don't have my ADHD meds right now. It also has to be a topic, right? That, um, that, you know, at least a decent portion of people out there, um, haven't already thought of. Even if it's 30% of the people out there might not have, you know, thought of this. And so, um, so the one today, my first one was sort of doing an emotional inventory, right? And, uh, you know, looking back at, uh, how patient you are with certain, uh, speculative picks or, or prospects or whatever. And I thought that that's incredibly important. Um, this, this next one, it was kind of a confluence of, of two things. And, uh, I always try to look for, I'm out of breath inefficiencies, uh, or rather, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's what Belichick does. He's always looking for basically, uh, you know, what the whole sabermetrics was built on, right? Undervalued, um, commodities that, that you, uh, that you can pay less for, right? Walks wasn't being valued, um, quite, uh, quite as much as it was worth, uh, right? Way back in the day, 25 years ago. So, Two things, uh, well, what I look for is any sort of change in the game that will usually create um, a, a situation where you should be evaluating players just a little bit differently. And a certain percentage of the fantasy population just, they aren't going to do that. Um, they're going to stick to their ways and and these might not be the experts, but it's not, you know, 5% of the crowd either. Um, so, you know, to, to give an example, there are a lot of breakouts in the last, I don't know, five years in power. And um, I started in 2015 really valuing uh, pitching. I remember number three overall, I took Kershaw and, and it was worth it. Um, but uh, so one change is <clears throat> the uh, scarcity of elite um, you know, seven inning or, you know, 180 even innings pitched in a year. It's going to be different this year. I know because of the shortened season last year, but you know, durable elite starting pitching. And of course that's, that's rare these days with, uh, you know, pitch counts and so forth. Um, the ball being juiced and, uh, tape, you know, just getting a book on a guy. And, uh, what's the other thing? Um, Injuries, obviously, for the pitchers are are devastating. So uh, there's there's that elite 
rare starting pitching. Everyone knows that. But the other thing is um, baseball has gotten just all, probably since, you know, 1890, it's gotten more and more specialized. Um, I don't know if they had closers back in 1930, you know. Uh, but we got closers. We got seventh inning guys now, for crying out loud. So um, seventh inning lefty guys, seventh inning righty guys. So with that, um, we've seen a platoon in people, you know, like Jock Peterson. If you were to prorate um, 162 games or whatever, 155 games um, against right-handed uh, hitter, uh, right-handed pitchers, I mean, he, he might be a third rounder. The guy would hit 45 home runs. Um, maybe that's a little high, but he would hit 40 home runs uh, probably in the ballpark. He'd bat, you know, maybe 250, 260, and he'd have um, a, a, a shit ton of uh, RBI. I hate, I hate the phrase shit ton, and that's the first time I've ever used it naturally. I don't like that that seeped into my uh, personal lexicon there. But, you know, he would be elite. But... Um, in, in a weekly lineup league, even if you can change it, you know, set your lineup on Monday and then Friday again, you know, he's, it's going to be like 70, 80% of the at-bats um, uh, that, uh, you know, another player who might not produce as well per at-bat um, will get. And so it kind of, it kind of evens out. He becomes sort of a, I don't know, 75 RBI, 30 home run, uh, you know, 60 run guy or whatever. Now, it's an interesting case that I bring up Jock Peterson because uh, <clears throat> there are hints, and this is not what the podcast is about, but there are hints that um, they are going to, I forget the team, what is it, Minnesota, something like that, whoever, that they're going to play him full-time. Um, so he, he's a really interesting um, draft pick that, I mean, I don't know, is he going to go in the top 150? I, I don't think he is. Uh, I, I haven't looked at the rankings, but he could easily be a top 100 hitter. Um, even if he just compiles stats at a much worse rate against left-handed pitchers, he's, he's still going to get some. His batting average might go down to 230, but he might get, might get 40 homers. All right, so anyway, <clears throat> the specialization of hitters. So it's, it's rare elite starting pitching, which everyone knows, uh, but also the specialization of hitters and platoons, okay? So you got a guy like, um, what's his face, Jock Peterson, uh, Pollock, Adam Pollock was, uh, is, uh, the Dodgers do a lot of this and it's really smart. Um, Pollock was a platoon. You know, there are a ton of them. We all know them. Um, I don't have to go through them and I can't remember them because I don't have my ADHD medication right now. So that has, <clears throat> excuse me, that has led me slowly over the last three years uh, to this point where what if I told you, and I'm really going off the top of my head here, what if I told you your pitching staff could be uh, Shane Bieber in the first round? Well, no, no, hold on, hold on. I'm giving it away. Shane Bieber, you uh, Darvish, um, Luis Castillo, Max Scherzer, um, the, the dude that's with San Diego, Blake Snell, and, I don't know, Chris Paddock, something like that. That would be pretty elite, right? Even in a 12-team league. And uh, you got, 
Blake Snell, ironically, is probably the one guy that might not go 180 innings, although he's changed teams, which is probably a good thing just to see if he can go. But anyway, if you had those, oh, you know what? Take out Paddock and put in Josh Hader and then uh, put in two other decent closers. Um, because aside from, you know, basically just Josh Hader and Liam Hendricks, I don't know that I would invest um, in, in another closer with an early round pick. Now, if I told you that was your pitching staff, um, you'd say, hey, that's fantastic. But what's your hitting look like? Okay. Well, so you invest your first, literally your first eight rounds to elite starting pitch, uh, elite pitching. Okay. Throw Josh Hader in there, throw Liam Hendricks in there. Um, and, and six, you know, Chris Paddock's not elite, but if he's your SP5, you've you got an elite staff. Uh, if Blake Snell's your SP4, you got an elite staff. So, <clears throat> um, and those guys are all, I'm sorry, those guys are all attainable. I'm just going off of Yahoo rankings. I haven't even looked at ADP on Roto, Fantasy Pro, whatever. I haven't looked at that stuff, but you, you get the idea. I'm just kind of, uh, those are placeholders, right? But you're going to get somebody, each of those guys um, is going to go um, in, in a round where you could pick them right around the middle, okay? And Paddock is probably going to go, I don't know, round 10. So um, you could probably think of a, a better SP5 for this strategy. So you use the first eight picks on pitching, and if, if your seventh or eighth pick, there isn't an elite pitcher there available, then you take a header. But um, so that's what this strategy is. Uh, and, and you're going to be asking me, you know, what, what does the hitting look like? Okay, well, I'm going to get into it. That's where the platoon players are. Now you're going to draft, if you have nine or 10 hitter spots, you're going to draft 14, 15 hitters. Um, and you're going to sacrifice... Um, uh, uh, you're going to sacrifice uh, uh, spots on your roster. Uh, but I have like 14 or 15 hitters that platoon that many of them have multi, many of them have multi-position eligibility. Now I'm going off of Yahoo and they're very liberal. So you may have to adjust that. And um, you're not going to hit on all of them. Um, but I do think you'll hit on at least half. And they're Jock Peterson types. They're, um, who else do I have? Was Garrett Hampson? Yeah, Garrett Hampson types, um, where he was platooned um, and would only face left. So um, you're going to get really good statistics from these guys, in my opinion, um, on a per-at-bat basis. And I'm going to go over... Uh, each one of these guys, and every single one of them is, again, I don't have ADP, all right, but they're probably similar to what Yahoo rankings are. It's just Yahoo rankings, and it is uh, in my 14-category league, so it's ranked a little bit differently, but it, it's not crazy. They just add OBP and, I, I don't know, something else, slugging, OBP and slugging and holds and strikeouts per walk, you know, stuff that's correlative to the other five categories that already exist. Okay, so here are your 14 hitters that you're going to draft. And you tell me, go back, look at the numbers. Well, don't look at them. Just listen to this. 
and tell me whether you think those 14, 15 hitters will give you at least a competitive lineup, um, keeping in mind that you're probably going to have to drop four or five of them uh, because they're not all gonna pan out because you're not drafting in the top 100. Um, in fact, all of these guys are after they're ranked in Yahoo as um, over the 200 uh, mark. So if you're in a 12-team league, they, you know, eight times 12 is 96, so you're drafting in the 17th round. Now, you probably don't have enough spots um, to do that, but I wanted to illustrate my point. All right, you can't draft from the 17th round on 15 players because they'd have to be 31 rounds. But, um, okay, so let, let's get into them. I'm going to talk uh, briefly about each one and, um, and their, their situation as far as uh, hitting, uh, what they did last year, what they did the year before, um, and and uh, what I think they could do here. Now, check this out. One last thing. And this really should be a separate thing. It should be a 20-second, a maybe a one-minute podcast, separate topic. As far as 2020 stats go, pitching aside for hitters, I literally, if they had a, a down, quote-unquote, year, in those 50 games, I don't count it against them. If they had a positive, uh, they made some gains in 2020, I give them a little bit of credit for it. And here's why. Um, Anyone can go out there, if they wanted to, and hit, not anyone, but any player could go out there and hit 140, bat 140, with zero home runs and no extra base hits, they wanted to they could bat zero but you can't so so doing that um, doesn't prove a whole lot okay but you can't not everyone can go out there and hit you know 300 even for 50 games uh, not a lot of people do that not a lot of people did that not a lot of people can go and hit 12 home runs now 12 home runs is uh you know, it's a, it's a compiling stat, and that's a small number, so it could be skewed, obviously. But, um, so, you know, barring any other variable that hasn't been factored in, I give them credit for that, because you, not everyone can go out and prove that even in a 50-game sample that they can hit 12 home runs, like Wilmo Flores, or that they can hit 300. So, if, if it's hitting poorly is fakeable. Now, I'm not saying anyone is going out there trying to hit poorly. I'm just saying it's easier to do. And, uh, and you can't fake good um, without there being something there. Um, and, you know, unless you're, unless you're Kevin Moss and, or a pitcher, you know, like everyone thought uh, Tua Tagovailoa was awesome after his first game. You know, and then they got the book on him. Okay? So, Rookies aside, you know, new pitchers aside who don't have tape, it's hard to fake good without there being some substance behind it, um, you know, unless you're a rookie or you got a new funky delivery or whatever. Something that can be uh, uh, mitigated, something that, uh, if studied, um, could mitigate your success. Okay, let's get into uh, the 14 or 15 headers. Uh, it, it, I just want to make a quick addendum here. It occurred to me that I hadn't mentioned this, though it is in the title. This strategy is absolutely only applicable um, to daily 
um, uh, daily lineups. Um, th that's probably obvious, but for those to whom it, it, it didn't come immediately, um, the idea would be obviously the platoon players. Um, if you can only set your lineup, you know, once or on Monday and Friday, um, the platoon players aren't going to, they, they should be valued much lower. Um, so daily lineup leagues where you can check if the guy's playing, pop him in. If he's not, put in his, uh, uh, either his replacement if you're, if you're coupling a couple players together uh, for a platoon and, um, or another guy with that eligibility. It uh, doesn't necessarily need to be part of a platoon on the same team. And there is ample um, eligibility, um, multiple eligibility in all of the guys that I mentioned um, and I don't know how many guys I mentioned, 12 maybe. Um, there are some other notables, but, but uh, guys like that, um, with a daily lineup league, you're going to get 162 at-bats. Uh, I probably should have mentioned Jock Peterson, but I think he's going to play every day. 162 at-bats uh, games probably at every position. Um, yeah. So... Not applicable in a, in a weekly lineup league. Um, super ADHD in that fashion, I have a second addendum, which I am humorously forgetting. I am ADHD all over. Um, but the addendum is... Oh yeah, very important addendum. I was just sort of illustrating my points by picking uh, uh, offensive players um, uh, past the the 200 ADP or 200 rank from um, combined, you know, NFBC, um, Yahoo. My recommendation is to get uh, eight to draft your first eight rounds um, elite pitching or very close to elite pitching. And <clears throat> that only brings you in a 12-team league um, to your first 96, um, uh, 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 the first 96 picks, the top 96, are all going to be, for you, are all going to be pitchers. And then you can start from 97 on to get your hitters. Um, you know, so you can actually do a lot better than, uh, than what, I'm, what I'm mentioning. But I, I really wanted to, and that's super important because you might not be um, impressed with the offense that I put together um, in, in the podcast talking about the players. Uh, but keep in mind the efficiency of, you know, uh, in a daily lineup league, uh, you know, plug and playing. So multi-position eligibility, 162 games, et cetera, et cetera. The strong, the favorable side of a platoon. Um, but, uh, but I just really wanted to emphasize that you can get good players from 200 on. Um, not great players, but I would say good players. Um, and, and, and let me make this clear. I don't think your offense is going to be in the top third of the league. I think in a in a in a strong um, year, maybe a twenty five percent probability, you could be in the upper half. If you know Alex Dickerson uh, keeps it up, if Nick Senzel pops like a mofo and is a you know I don't know a, a twenty eight twenty guy, you know batting two seventy um, and has a whole bunch of runs in RBI in that lineup. If Joey Votto actually hits over 20 home runs again with, with a ton of runs and, you know, a 280, 290 average. So, um, so yeah, those are the caveats. Um, but remember, whether it's head-to-head -head or it is, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Roto, um, 
you're not looking to get the best offense. I'm not saying you can get the best offense. I'm saying you may be able to get a competitive offense um, in, in most weeks or in a year. Um, and, um, and I've done this only head-to-head uh, in Roto. might be a little bit more challenging, but remember, you're going to max out those 162 game slots for each thingy. And, um, and remember, you're pitching is, is going to be damn near elite. Now, is there diminished returns uh, when you're talking about four elite starting pitchers versus five elite starting pitchers? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, you know, somebody in actuary or other people with advanced statistics, maybe it is, you know, for each elite starting pitcher past three. So if you're adding a fourth starting pitcher, that's, you know, not as much of a gain as um, when you had two and you're adding the third elite starting pitcher. So I don't know about that. I haven't gone into that. But the general idea is you're going to dominate pitching. Um, and the two closers or, or maybe just the one closer that you draft early in those first 96 picks or, or even, uh, you know, 84 picks in a 12-team league is, um, has pretty damn good job security uh, and at least a two-year track record. Well, you know, one year plus last year. Um, but, you know, by all accounts, Liam Hendricks uh, didn't go the way of Blake Chinan and the guy before him at Oakland, and he's, he's with a better team now, so he's going to get more wins. And Josh Hader, I'm kind of looking for that Andrew. I'm, I'm worried about that Andrew Miller uh, breakdown, but I, I think you can feel 90% confident that Josh Hader's going to gonna be the real deal, or at least you know pretty close to what he's been. So I just wanted to give that caveat. Um, if, if you're underwhelmed, uh, even considering all the little efficiency things and whatnot, if you're underwhelmed by the offense, that's because we skipped a whole hundred draft picks um, in between, from which you can draft after you get your elite eight starting uh, eight pitchers, eight elite pitchers. All right, I know it's really <clears throat> tough to listen to me talk and bounce around and not be able to grab the word that I'm looking for, um, and. But so I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you listening. Also, I would like anyone to respond to this in, I think, the Anchor app. You can respond to it. Please punch holes in my concepts and my philosophy and my ideas. Also, put it on Twitter. I want this concept um, to be able to withstand, you know, standing in front of your professors and um, defending your dissertation. All right. Thank you. Okay, Nick Senzel. Um, I think he's probably 26-2. He is, his ADP is 261 on uh, NFBC, their, their stats. Outfield, um, going to play every day if healthy. Um, um, great pedigree in a great hitter's ballpark and a still pretty good lineup. He is, how old? He's 25. Okay, so he's not young, but um, he hasn't done that, that poorly. But he's also been riddled by injuries. Um, which is a risk, but if healthy, you expect his, his numbers to be a little bit more consistent. He'll probably, I don't know, bat fifth or sixth, um, which is, is decent in that lineup for a National League park in that park. Um, and um, let's see, in 2019, he had 375 at-bats. Oh, by the way, he's been riddled by injuries, and they changed his, he had really good numbers and then they cha- in 2019, and then they changed his stance. Um, from closed to open with a with a leg kick, and he's going back to and, and, and then he got much worse. 
right? And so he's going back to his closed stance, which he had in college and through the minors in the first part of 2019 uh, when he was opsing over 800. It wasn't amazing, uh, but he was doing well for a 23-year-old. 20, uh, so 2019, 375 at-bats. Um, he batted 256. Um, he had 50, 55 runs, 42 RBI. I don't know where he was batting, but it probably wasn't high. And he had 12, 12 home runs and 14 stolen bases. So 375 is not a great number to, uh, in my head, extrapolate, but let's say one and a half times that. So that's 18 home runs and 21 stolen bases with a 256 clip. And um, that was two years ago in his first taste of the major leagues um, in a... Uh, and, uh, and it, it's skewed by the fact um, that I think for at least a month, they, they fucked with his, um, his batting stance. And he batted, you know, he like opts 600 after that for a month. I don't know if he was playing every day, but so there's that. Um, last year, I believe he was injured to start the season or whatever. He was injured, 70 at-bats, batted 186, two home runs, two stolen bases. Um, but that's a good thing because he is um, a diehard baseball guy pedigree blue chip guy and uh, now his value has dropped either because of he hasn't performed uh quite as well or people are just um you know they're over it they've been burned and uh they're they're worried about uh him staying on the field and investing something and you do have to invest a little bit more for him but he's 25 a former blue chip post hype you know blue chip prospect post hype post hype sleeper um so you're going to pay his average ADP, 261, right? But he hits the ball um, pretty damn hard on um, line drives and home runs. I think he's 26, or he was 26th uh, back in 2019 for that first period, excluding the batting stance change. He's got the everyday job if he's healthy. Um, I don't know where he's going to bat, but my, my bet is, you know, somewhere one through five. Uh, probably not one, so somewhere two through five. Um, again, in a pretty good lineup. Um, uh, what's the guy's name? Shokiyama Ogo, whatever that guy. He might take some at bats, but um, he didn't do that well last year, and uh, I, I can't anticipate him him taking at bats from Nick Senzel if Senzel is healthy um, and uh, and doing his thing. So he could be a really productive guy. Um, I don't think he's going to steal 20 bases, though he stole, you know, what was it, 14 and, and 375 at-bats in 2018. But um, he, uh, he's a max effort guy, which leads to injuries. But um, he, he, you're going to get the best from him. So if he's healthy, I'm pretty sure he's going to live up to, you know, 90 or 95% of his, uh, you know, prospect pedigree from, from two years ago. And at pick 255, he could easily, very easily, in that park, with health and, um, and that lineup, um, be a top 100, 100 player. In fact, I would almost say it's more probable, in my opinion, than not that he's a top 100 player. And you're getting him at 255, 25-year-old. You, you're buying him right when the time is right. Um, because he's going back to his old stance. He's, uh, he's in a, a great park. A great line, no, a good lineup, um, and he's healthy, um, and he's got the prospect pedigree, and he's been knocked down um, by last year's uh, injury and, and poor performance. So you're getting him at a, a really good price. This is the last time, in my opinion, you'll ever get him anywhere near uh, pick 261. 
Um, and that's probably Nick Senzel is probably the guy I'm most excited about. Uh, he's available in the, uh, just in the outfield. Okay, this pick I'm pretty excited about, conservatively. Um, so Mauricio uh, Dubon. A couple of things, and I've been duped by, you know, best shape of your life and, and players putting on weight um, before putting on muscle. However, uh, ranked 278 with, on NFBC with second short and outfield eligibility. Um, he is uh, an interesting player. He put on 12 to 14 pounds of muscle. He recently said he hit a 450-foot you know, home run in batting practice. Means nothing, right? But he says he feels uh, stronger and more explosive. What was it, Gabe Kapler? Uh, I was trying to make uh, Dubon look more like him, and, and they thought uh, he would benefit from it. He was projected kind of like an Ozzy Albies, like Ozzy Albies Jr. Not what Ozzy Albies turned into, but what Ozzy Albies was projected to be. Sort of a 15-15 guy with a good average. Um, he didn't do very well last year. Um, well, let's see what he did. Yeah, so 2019, 106 at-bats. He batted 274, four home runs, three stolen bases. So if you wanted to project that out six times, to get 636 at-bats, you know, 24 home runs and 18 stolen bases. That's not going to happen. But um, last year in 157 at-bats, multiplied times three, um, he batted 274. He had four home runs, so that could be 12 home runs, and six stolen bases, um, which is not what you're expecting out of him. But he's a good play in a good ballpark, an improved ballpark, uh, which is important, even if it's not a good ballpark, because everyone else or a certain percentage of the fantasy population is going to think San Francisco, terrible hitters park, you know, or if they're aware of the changes last year, it's a small sample size and they're being measured. Here's where you can take a risk that the changes that they made and whatnot um, to the park um, are going to stick. Um, and 12 to 14 pounds of muscle for a speed and power. You know, you, you could get a 15 home run, uh, 20 stolen base, 280 season out of them. Um, and he's at second short in outfield, and there's just more upside here because a little bit of pedigree and um, the park has improved, and um, it's, a, it's a better lineup than you think, and, uh, and the muscle that he, that he put on. Um, and he's at pick, I don't know, what, what did I say? 278. Um, I'm pretty excited about him. Uh, he can be your last draft pick in a lot of leagues. I feel like I did this wrong. I feel like I am saving the better plays. There's no great play here, but the better plays um, for the end. Maybe I'll reorder it. 2019. You already know the guy. But 2019 in uh, 174 at-bats. Batted 276. 28 RBI. So let's say, not quite, don't multiply it times 4. Let's say multiply it times 3. 28 is still 84 RBI, and 29 runs is still 84 plus 3, 87 runs. Six home runs, you know, so that, you know, uh, bump it up to 18. And he had 10 home runs in uh, 2016, so it's not nothing. Uh, he had one stolen base in 2019. Forget about that. That's not a thing. 2020, 52 games in San Francisco, which is now, what, a hitter's park? All of a sudden, in 151 uh, at bats, so you can basically multiply that times three. Batted 298, um, 27 RBI, so that's that's 80, 81 RBI. 
um, 28 runs. Really consistent, uh, but actually better than the year before. Um, so if you multi- multiply times three, da, 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 you got 84 runs. All right. And uh, he had 10 home runs. Dude has uh, opsed. I say opsed as a verb, OPS. He had an OPS of over 900 um, at age 29 and 30. Um, yes, combined in 2019 and 20. Um, yes, only uh, 325 at-bats, not played appearances in, uh, in 110 games. And, um, and, you know, we didn't get to see everyday fatigue and how, how that would decline. But he could, I don't know, he could get you 25 home runs while he bats 280 with, you know, an 80-80 type clip. Um, didn't steal bases. But uh, Alex Dickerson, uh, OPS of 900 the last two years and 110 games at pick or at rank in the outfield, 314. Okay, 314, motherfucker. That was very good, very good. Now, okay, yeah, yeah, 314. Okay, Wilmer Flores, um, first base, second base, and no, just first base and second base eligibility is uh, ranked 333, okay? Part of that San Francisco lineup that was surprisingly good last year because of the uh, ballpark changes and and whatever. Small sample size, but over nine hitters every day, it's not that small sample size. So here's the deal. He's 29, um, and he's never really played every day. Um, last year, he did. Okay, let's, where should we have the cutoff? Uh, let's see, 2015, 263 was 16 home runs and 483 at-bats. So not great, but maybe a 20 home run guy. That was 15. 2016, 307 at-bats, 267, 16 homers again, and 176 fewer at-bats. It uh, feels more like a 25-30 home run guy. Um, 2017, I think he was in, uh, what, Arizona? So decent hitting park, but... 336 um, at-bats, 271, 18 home runs. So looking like a 30-home run guy per at-bat. We'll see if he can do it over a a full regular season. But 2018, um, 386 at-bats, 267 average, uh, 11 home runs. So looking like maybe, you know, 17 home run pace there, whatever. 2019, 265 at-bats. I think he had a good year. Yeah, batted 265 at-bats. He batted 317, um, had just nine home runs. Uh, so looking like a 20 home run guy there last year in San Francisco, um, first and second base eligibility um, in uh, in that Frisco lineup uh, at 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 rank 333, 198 at bats. We'll multiply everything times three. He batted 268 um, with 12 home runs. So he's not going to get 36 home runs, but um, that would be the pace he was on, and he would have 96 RBI and 90 runs again. Um, that's just a proration, and you have to factor in fatigue. But those are pretty good per at bat numbers um, in, in a in a in an improving lineup in a park that all of a sudden is uh, a decent hitters park, at least in 50 games last year for nine hitters every day, and at pick 333, first and second base eligibility. All right, Willie Calhoun. I'll get his age in a minute, but. Um, He's ranked uh, 321, and uh, his ADP is 330. Uh, I got him later than 330. I forget where it was, but, you know, he got hit in the face. Uh, was it last year? The year before? Whatever. Um, at 321, here is what you might be able to get. 
Okay, because in 2019, he played uh, 83 games, 309 at-bats. Uh, doesn't walk a lot, but um, he hit 21 home runs, which, you know, you can double if you want. Or a little bit less than that with 48 RBI, 51 runs. So you're looking at like 30 home runs, um, 200 counting stats there. And uh, and it, he had a 269 average. He does not strike out a lot. He does not walk a lot. Um, and he has some power. He's still only 26. And um, the one time he played a, a half season, he was, I don't know, where do you put a guy who bats 270? You know, 90 RBIs, 90 runs with, let's say, 35 home runs. Uh, you know, round seven, something like that. Um, now, last year, uh, in 100 at-bats, he had 19 hits. He batted, he batted 190, and uh, he had one home run, three runs. You know, wasn't a good year. I think that was the, yeah, it was the got hit in the face. He got hit in the face, okay? Now, Texas isn't a great lineup, and it's not a great uh, park anymore, I guess. Although I haven't really looked at the stats, but... Um, I think he's going to be a 270, um, you know, 80, 80. Uh, and I think he's going to be at least a 30 home run guy. I really do. Um, unless they pitch around him, but I, I don't think you really need to pitch around him yet unless he explodes in the first month or so. So um, you're getting a guy with upside pedigree. He has performed at the major league level in 2019, 21 home runs and 309 at-bats, 269 average. Um, in the outfield at pick 321. Uh, I think he's a great bounce back candidate. Okay, the next guy is Dalton Varsho. In typical um, disorganized fashion, catcher in outfield eligibility. Um, he, he did retain catcher eligibility last year. He must have um, with the reduced restrictions, I'm sure, in certain leagues for the accounting for the uh, 50 games. Um, he, 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 the thing is, he batted 188, but he's a decent prospect. He's probably a t- or he was probably a top 100 prospect, um, obviously near the end. But um, he's a uh, he's a decent average guy, and he's he's maybe a 15-15 or a 20-20 guy realistically. If he's doing any kind of catching, um, you know, he's probably going to get I don't know between six and 12 stolen bases. Um, but here's the deal: he's kind of a, a, a kind of falefa. Um, play in that he's going to get a lot of at-bats. Um, well, he may get a lot of at-bats uh, because he plays. He's a, he's a very good athlete, and he plays outfield. Um, if you wanted to, I haven't looked at Carson Kelly. I know he had kind of a down year last year after a really good year the year before. Uh, I don't know where he's ranked, but if you wanted to pair him with Carson Kelly, I think that would be an amazing um, tandem because I don't think Carson Kelly's ranked very high. Um, and he's just kind of mediocre. He's like a 250, 16 home run guy. But if you add in the times that uh, Varsho is uh, either catching, or if if Carson Kelly's just taking a breather and they have someone else catching, you can still put Varsho in there. So you should be able to get you know pretty close to 162 games out of your catcher. Yes, it takes two picks. Um, to fill in your catcher spot, um, but they're two late picks. It does take a roster spot, which is very valuable. Um, but remember, you're going to be making that up on the pitching end with guys who are going to give you, you know, 20% more than um, the counterparts on another team. You're going to get more innings 
you know, out of Shane Bieber, way more innings. You're basically going to get 1.3, you know, starting, very good starting pitchers out of Shane Bieber. And so that's how you can afford to maybe have five starting pitchers um, uh, because you'll rack up a lot of innings by drafting guys um, who can uh, give you, you know, 5.8 starting pitchers innings worth with just five draft picks. Okay, so Dalton Varsho, there it is. He he could be a 15-15 guy over, um, could be a 20-10 guy, something like that. You know, could could 260, 270 um, is really cheap. Uh, so so is Carson Kelly probably. I don't know where Varsho is. Uh, I didn't look at him. He's way above 200. Um, nobody's counting on him. Dalton Varsho. Joey Votto, 37 year old Joey Votto. He has a lot of things going for him um, that are underappreciated. His discipline is still among mm-hmm. the best in the game. Um, and, uh, he's going to be in that, that two hole in, in the, uh, batting second in what should be a good lineup. Um, and we'll talk about Nick Senzel later. Um, so he's going to get some, some RBI opportunities though. He's a very patient hitter, so he doesn't get a lot. Um, but a lot of run opportunities, um, he should stick there and here's the deal with him. It's just first base eligibility. Um, but here's the deal. A couple of things. Great hitter's ballpark. All right. Um, he's at pick 335 now. And it's, it's hard to recommend a 37-year-old um, based on uh, a projected increase in power. But it's a projected increase in power not to his original elite um, levels of 30 home runs and 500 at-bats, but um, just better than 2018 and 19. So he went from 36 home runs uh, in 2017, 559 at-bats, to in 2018, 500 at-bats, 12 home runs. Okay, 2019, 525 at-bats, 15 home runs. Okay, still got 79 runs. That's important to note. He batted 261, 15 home runs, and 520 at-bats, and he still got 79 runs in that lineup. Oddly enough, he stole five bases. That's moot. He's not going to do that. But um, in a full season last year, or a a mini season, but he played every day, 54 games, 186 at-bats, a lot of walks. He batted 226. Um, He got 32 runs batting 226. So prorated, that's 96 runs batting 226. Damn. And 11 home runs. So he got almost as many home runs and 186 at-bats as he did in 2018 with 503 at-bats, 11 as compared to 12. Now, where's the upside? You're thinking upside you're think, from a 37-year-old. You're just talking about improving from the last two years, okay? So upside, don't get fooled by that. But um, at a little bit of a, a power revival last year, right? And he, he did um, ops, oddly enough, 800, batting 226, which is remarkable. 223 uh, plate appearances, so he walked a lot. Um, but he made an, an adjustment to his batting stance, and six of those home runs uh, came in the month of September, I believe, in all in the last month of September, um, which is fantastic. Um, six of his 11 came in one month after he changed his uh, batting stance, okay? His um, discipline has, I mean, plate discipline is basically the most consistent. Even if you're in a slump, you can still walk, right? And, and that stayed pretty consistent. 
um, and which means that he got 32 runs last year, betting 226, but his OPS was 354, and he's probably not going to bat just 326. Um, so, you know, he says, you know, he's going to have more power than he did during September last year. So, yeah, I don't know. we'll see about that. But he has the opportunity to um, have less uh, power at age 37, but still have good power numbers because of the ballpark. Um, and he's still going to give you runs, even if he's batting 226 because he walks a lot. Um, and um, I think he had a couple home runs and uh, what's it called? Uh, spring training, that means nothing though, but he's still going to walk a lot, even if um, it doesn't pan out. He's not going to kill you for two weeks. And, uh, and um, you have the upside of of, I don't know, maybe 20 home runs in, you know, 480, 500 at bats at age 37 at pick 335. It's not bad. Okay. Uh, you know, what if I told you at, um, he's ranked on NFBC. Let's see what he's ranked. 267 for a guy who's probably going to play every day. And let's pull up the stats here for a guy who in, uh, he's 33, but in 2018, 560 at-bats, 146 games, batted 293, 87 RBIs, 75 runs, 30 home runs, and 4 stolen bases. Then what if I told you in 2019, played 99 games, 382 at-bats, shortened by injury, batted 275, which is still a plus, um, 57 RBI, which comes out to like an 80 uh, proration, maybe 85, 48 runs, 12 home runs, no stolen bases, still pretty good. Um, and then came back last year um, after his injury. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I assume he was healthy. 54 games. Uh, you know, that's that's also very important. He played 54 games, uh, 203 at bats. Remember, it's at bats, not plate appearances. Batted 300. All right, got 34 RBI for not a very good offensive team in the Diamondbacks. Um, only 19 runs uh, and only five home runs um, and one stolen base. David Peralta, um, there's just really no secret about it. I think he's just one of the, like, Melky Cabrera wasn't drafted for a really long time and was underappreciated. Uh, but he was going to do better, almost guaranteed, uh, even post-drug suspension, than some of your speculative picks. You may as well just forget your speculative breakout sleep. Just pick Melky Cabrera. Just pick David Peralta. And Now, David Peralta is available... Um, at 267. Okay, now he's not going to be rostered in every league or 80% of leagues, um, especially in this offensive environment. Uh, he's very replaceable unless you're the team with five SP1s and twos as your starting pitchers and Liam Hendricks and um, Josh Hader, who combined might get 200 strikeouts. OK, um, then he's valuable for you, not because he's as good as uh, the outfielder on another team, but um, because he's at an extremely low cost. And with that low cost comes um, a benefit in the other area, the pitching. You get the idea. I won't uh, belabor that point this whole time, but just keep in mind um, when you're underwhelmed by these guys, keep in mind um, the, the, the principles that I talked about and why you're doing it. You're doing it so, you know, you Darvish can be your SP3 or two, I guess. Okay. 
Okay, this next guy, I, I really like him. Um, and I was primed by Alex Dickerson, um, Corey Dickerson. Don't know why people are so, so low on him or aren't so, so high on him. He's just not really talked about. Where is it, dude? Did he get picked? He's in my on my watch list here, but don't know where the Christ he is. Yeah, I didn't think he got picked. So, uh, Corey Dickerson is ranked uh, 325. Um, like I said, I, I throw out last year um, for a lot of players, but he also had a grandfather um, pass away and a, last year, and his dad was diagnosed with cancer. Um, that could have something to do with it. Um, but he sort of bounced around. Um, still, last year he batted 258 with uh, seven home runs, so 20 home run pace. Um, but let's go back and see what he did in 2016. He's 31, by the way, and he's eligible in the outfield at pick 326 or whatever, right? 2016. In 510 at-bats, he batted 245, his lowest. Actually, let's go back to 2014. 436 at-bats. He batted 312, 24 home runs and 8 stolen bases. The next year, 222 at-bats. Batted 304 with 10 home runs. So that's over a 20 home run. Just doing a podcast. Um, 20 home run pace over 155 games. And he's going to play, you know, mostly every day. The next year, gets 510 at bats. Bats 245, like I said, with 24 home runs. So the power's still there. 2017, gets 588 at bats. Bats 282, has 27 home runs. 2018, um, 504 at-bats. Bats 300 has 13 home runs. Um, so his power dipped there. I forget where he was playing. Maybe San Francisco before the the change with the winds and whatever science they're doing there. But 2019, uh, 260 at-bats, so less than half a season. Bats 304 with 12 home runs, so a 25 home run pace. Last year, uh, he didn't do so well. But, I mean, does that sound like a guy who, you know, a 280, 290-type hitter, um, uh, you know, when healthy and a 25 home run pace, you know, b- batting probably fourth um, in front of Brian Anderson in a weak line. Does that sound like a guy that, I don't know, per at bat should be ranked uh, 325? No, not per at bat. Um, and who knows, maybe he gets back to stealing five stolen bases. But the point is, he's a good average guy with 25 home run uh, power and, and t- he showed 25 home run power before the ball was juiced. What was it in 2016? Um, I think he's going to have a bounce back year and, and be a value pick at, at 325. Okay, these next three guys are grouped together for an obvious reason. They are part of either a platoon, um, um, but at any rate, they are eligible at the same position, second base, and you may get... One and a half, you know, might get 240 games out of them. Um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend Ryan McMahon, but if you believe in how hard he hits the ball and he can reduce his strikeout rate <clears throat> from uh, from last year, which he, he, he did worse than in uh, 2019. 2019, he batted like 236. He had a maybe 24, 26. I know that's a big difference, but... Somewhere around there, strikeout rate. Last year, I didn't even follow him. He, he did a lot worse. He batted, I don't know, 211. But 
But he had nine home runs and 172 plate appearances. That's not nothing. And you could certainly, McMahon seems to be a guy, um, not entirely unlike Charlie Blackman, who really has big splits, um, you know, home away in Colorado. So you could you could play McMahon at, uh, at second base uh, against the righty if, um, if uh, it's in Colorado. All right, so here's the deal. Ryan McMahon, 271. Not a high draft pick, okay? He can give you uh, a very cheap source of power, but uh, along with that, I don't think he's, even if he makes improvements, I don't think he's going hit to over, uh, hit over 250. So he's the weakest link here. Um, you probably won't ever need to draft him, even if you're drafting all of your guys um, after the 200th pick. But the reason I like these platoon guys together is because you're pretty much guaranteed... Um, 162 games. Now, what am I talking about here? 162 games at second base from three different players? Yeah, that's costly. Um, he'll also be able to fill in at, at first base, and so he'll have sort of a, an overlap. Not that he's in a platoon with a player on another team, but, you know, Wilmer Flores, when he's not playing, because uh, I'm going to talk about him later, he's eligible at first base. Um, so he'll be able to fill in the gaps. All these guys will. He's got first and second base eligibility. Um, and he, he's picked 271. Cheap. Garrett Hampson is a better play. And maybe Brendan Rodgers is even better than that, but it's far more speculative. Um, Garrett Hampson, I think, still projects um, to be like a 15-20 guy. Uh, people talk about, you know, you might get eight homers from him, you know, prorated 155 games. But that's, that's not what he's shown. Um, and he's shown a little bit more pop. And uh, I think in like 170 played uh at bats anyway he had six home runs last year or five home runs um super small sample size um but i think he'll get you 10 home runs at least and i think he could be 15 um at least prorated at cores now in the past he had shown um in the minor leagues to um crossing the road sorry to be a, a 290 300 type hitter um and the last two my God, I should know this, but it's either 2018 and 19 or 2019 and last year. He started hitting 300 with a 15 homer clip and a 25 stolen base clip for the last month of the season. I know he did it in 2019. I just don't know if it was last year or 2018. He didn't do very well last year. I think he slugged 388, um, but he's, he's not playing regularly either. And, you know, for a guy who's used to playing every single day, uh, his entire life. Um, I think he would benefit from more consistent playing time, but that doesn't really matter because I don't think uh, he's going to get it. But he is second base shortstop and outfield eligible, I believe, and he's picked 236. Um, excuse me. And, you know, they gave him uh, a good a good shot at, um, and he did some nice things early on, at uh, batting against lefties in the one spot. Is it the one spot or the two spot? Probably the two spot. Um, now that's not as lethal a lineup, but it's still a good lineup, and it's still Colorado, and you can get, I'm out of breath, 20, 25 stolen bases um, in, a, in a, I don't know, 110 games out of him, uh, conceivably, um, at, uh, at pick 236. So I, I think he's gonna be a 270, 280 hitter. Um, I think 270 is the bottom. Uh, I think there's still a chance for him to be a 290-300 hitter with a little bit of pop and 
and uh, obviously stolen base potential. So there you go. Now the other one is uh, Brendan Rogers. He is ranked, uh, I don't know, 2,000 something, 7,000 something. Um, he, he's counted out. <coughs> um, he, I believe, was called up in 2019, did nothing. Maybe he wasn't called up and everyone was calling for it. Um, you know, Hampson got the nod ahead of him, but um, last year uh, he got like 21 at bats. He's called up and, uh, and he was injured. Um, but um, he's healthy now, per all reports. Um, I put absolutely zero stock into the fact that he hit a couple of homers already in spring training. Spring training, I've decided now, it doesn't, I don't, I don't lean on it for 5% of my speculation, zero. Spring training means nothing, nothing. Um, I've been burned by caring even a little bit about spring training in the past. So, um, he, he, he could win the second base job. Now, there are varying reports where McMahon and um, Hampson and Rogers. Uh, I've seen one that said, you know, Hampson and uh, McMahon are competing for the second base job. I've seen where Rogers is. Whatever. One of those, uh, one of those uh, guys uh, might play every day. And so <clears throat> you could probably draft Brendan Rogers with your last pick at this point, which is crazy for a blue chip prospect who two years ago in the minor leagues you know, was hitting like 315 with a 25 homer pace. Um, and he's going to be in Colorado. And, and in my opinion, he would be a nice, either he or Hampson would be a nice two hitter. Maybe not this year, um, but maybe this year because their lineup, their lineup is a, a little weaker and Hilliard and McMahon haven't really uh, stepped up, uh, Rymel Tapia haven't really stepped up too much. Um, to fill that void. So I, I, I'm kind of talking myself out of Ryan McMahon now. Um, you could draft him and then see who wins the job and then, and then drop Ryan McMahon. But I would draft, for sure, I would draft uh, Hampson uh, around 236 and uh, Brandon Rogers and, and whoever ends up getting, um, or if they split time, that's fine. You can't split time at every position because you'll have 18 to 24 guys, but um, that might be a, uh, a really fruitful uh, platoon or split. And keep in mind that um, Rogers may win the everyday uh, job. He doesn't really have another position, um, but Hampson, on the other hand, does. He can play outfield um, pretty much at a, any position. I don't know about right field. I don't think his arm is great, but you get the idea. He can, uh, he can fill in the gaps with other players like Alex Dickerson or, um, I don't know, Brian Anderson or something um, that you're going to platoon elsewhere when they're not playing. So keep in mind also that, yes, it takes maybe 14 hitters to uh, get, you know, full, full-length season out of um, all nine positions or 10 positions or whatever. But also keep in mind that you're getting it at a good at-bat, per at-bat or per plate appearance rate, um, better than you're gonna pay for. Not better than other people, better than you're gonna pay for because they're discounted, because they're platooned. But also you should have a really good shot of getting 162 games at every position. Every position. And other people just don't do that. Now they have 
they have great players. They have Ronald Acuna and Freddie Freeman who might play 155 and put up better stats than your guys. But look at the cost and look at how much better your pitching is going to be. Those little things add up. 162 games at every position should be able to do that. Nobody else in your league um, is going to do that. Um, and you're doing it uh, at a, uh, an underrated uh, performance per at-bat rate and, um, and at an extremely low cost. All right, next guy. I love a guy like Jerickson Profar. He's going to be discounted because, what was it, in Oakland he had the bad year or whatever. He kind of sort of broke out one year like a 2015 or 2020 season. He was decent, right, like three years ago. And then, I don't know, 2019, I think he sucked. And you know what, I can just pull it up instead of trying to guess. 2018, he hit 254, 146 games. Uh, 77 RBI, 82 runs, 20 homers, 10 uh, stolen base. 2019, did okay. Uh, not really, but 139 games, 218 average, 67 RBI, uh, 65 runs, 20 homers, and nine, and nine stolen bases. So that's good. Last year, this is why I love a guy like this. He's in a phenomenal lineup, okay? he uh, People have been burned by him, um, and so uh, he... Um, He's going to be discounted for that reason. He's also 28. He's not a prospect anymore. Shine is way off him, even with that 2018, if you call that a breakout. Um, and he's in a phenomenal lineup. Even if he bats seventh, he's going to get some uh, uh, RBI opportunities. I mean, even in that lineup in the National League, you might get some run opportunities batting seventh. Maybe not, but you get the idea. They have a really good lineup, so their eight hitter might be decent. Um, but that's not really the point. Um, the point is you're going to get a really cheap exposure to the San Diego lineup. And if I recall, he batted, I think, fifth or sixth last year. He's going to be discounted because of who he is and his reputation of not being consistent. Um, but last year, 2020, 56 games, 180 um, at-bats. That's low because he probably pinch hit or whatever. He batted 278. 25 RBI, 28 runs, 7 run, home runs, 7 uh, stolen bases. So at 28, he's still running. And uh, if you were to prorate it out to um, 540 at-bats, prorate, remember, 278, probably not there. That would be 75 runs, um, 75 RBI, uh, d -d 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 84 runs, uh, 21 homers, and 21 stolen bases. He's also going to be discounted because he doesn't play every day, but he's in this super utility thing, and all you need is um, one uh, injury. And if that injury happened before opening day, and he was guaranteed, let's say, two, three months of playing because of the injured guy has to come back every day, his, his cost will be a lot higher. You get him now with, um, he's probably going to play, I don't know, 70 maybe 80% of the games, um, and you're going to have some pinch hit at bats and runs and RBI opportunities sprinkled in, but that's not significant. But you could have more of a 95% playing time situation for parts of, of the season, maybe the full season. You just need one injury and from a, a, an outfielder or a second base, and, and you're sitting pretty there because you got a 2020 guy who has shown in the past um, to be not a great average guy, but hit 254 in 146 games in 2018. These days, 254 is not terrible. And it, it's in an unbelievable lineup. And he is uh, ranked in NFBC 232. Eh, that is, it might be a little bit high. 
but still 232. Um, that's great. So he, he could really pay off. And if he doesn't pay off, he's got second base. I mean, if he doesn't pay off as far as being a, 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 a everyday player, he's going to fill in in the outfield at a 2020 pace, you know, maybe a 2010 pace, like in 2018, at either second base or outfield. Um, again, guaranteeing pretty much you're going to get 162 games played or whatever they play this year at every position. Jerks and Profar to rank 232. Okay, so Brian Anderson is the first one I am going to talk about. He's not the first one I want to talk about. Uh, he's not the strongest case, uh, but he is the five-header um, on on a, a, a bad lineup, on a lineup I thought was going to be a lot better last year. He is ranked, uh, I don't know, 238, I think, in Yahoo, and he's third base and outfield eligible. Um probably, I don't even know what he does. Does he mostly do outfield? Who cares? So just you go look it up. Um, if you're in a league that's more restrictive, he's either third base or outfield. I don't know. But he bets fifth. That's, that's something, okay? And um, he, he's made some improvements. He's not super young. I think he's 28, but uh, he has made improvements um, in the last three years. Um, it's, a, it's not even worth mentioning that it's a little bit of a better hitter's park. Uh, because that stuff is so overblown. But last year, in 200, I want to say, at-bats, not played appearances, so we can basically take everything and very conservatively multiply um, everything by uh, three because they played 50 games, right? And I don't know the last time Brian Anderson played 150 games. I think he's been in the 130s, 140s, but um, it doesn't matter because you're going to platoon them. You're not in a weekly lineup league. You're in a daily lineup league. So uh, if he needs a blow, whatever. So last year, um, and also some of the averages, you know, you're going to have fatigue set in, in in the second 50 games and the last 50 games. So obviously, you know, the first 50 games might be a little bit better. Um, Brian Anderson, uh, Marlins, unspectacular name. Um, both in how common it is and how much it is not a household name, hit 11 home runs, so times three, 33, and he had 38 RBI. So batting fifth, um, you know, for a lineup that's that's not so great, um, last year was a little bit better um, than it is going to be this year, still has its perks. 38 RBI times three, so that's 90 plus 24, 114 RBI. It's probably not going to get that, but you get the idea. That's good. He, he only had an ops of uh, 810, so that sh- and he batted 255. So that should tell you um, that that batting order is still a very important thing, uh, especially if you're going to be in a weak lineup because, you know, batting seventh for the Yankees, you might still get 80 RBI. Okay, so that's basically it. There's no sleeper. There's no whatever. I just think um, he's undervalued. Um, and he is, he is ranked at uh, 238 in Yahoo. Um, third base and outfield are both deep. Um, that's okay. He doesn't provide any stolen bases. Um, it's still a guy to keep an eye on. Um, nothing really speculative here. Let's go to the next guy. John Birdie is... We don't have to talk about him too much, okay? He batted... Uh, 73 games, 2019, batted 273 with 17 stolen bases, six home runs. So maybe he'll get you double-digit home runs, but he's going to get you 30 stolen bases. He's 31, but his value in the league 
the only way he is a millionaire is by running and producing a decent um, average. And they've shown they'll run him. Last year, in 120 at-bats, he batted 258 um, with nine stolen bases. So if you prorated that out to 600 at-bats, which if he's batting at the top of the order, he has a chance to get um, if he plays every day. And if they have a decent lineup, he uh, would get 45 stolen bases. So he's guaranteed to get you 155, not get you 155 games, but get you a 155-game pace of 30 stolen bases, at least, in my opinion. But he's more of a um, runs. Um, so in 120 at-bats, uh, he had 21 runs. It's good. 14 RBI, that's not nothing. But might get you 50 RBI. Who knows? Probably not. But... Um, you know, he, you know, if you multiply that times five, it's 105. So he's not going to get you 105 um, RB, RB, uh, runs, but he might get you 40 stolen bases, um, and he might get you 85 runs um, at a 155-game clip, um, even, in that, uh, even in that National League lineup. Um, doesn't really matter in National League since you're batting first. But uh, he's, he's a pure stolen base play. I, I don't love him, but he's at uh, 247, cheap stolen bases. Uh, just a quick side note on John Birdie. He's second base and outfield eligible in NFBC. Joey Wendell here could, uh, could he, he's, he's kind of with Ryan McMahon here. He's not a great pick, but he's something to keep an eye on. Second, third, and short, uh, second base, third base, and shortstop eligibility. He's at, um, he's still with uh, Tampa Bay, who doesn't play um, every day, so you're not going to get 100. 55 games. He's at pick 302, but uh, some interesting things. Um, by the way, he might he might get traded and play every day. So, um, but uh, some interesting things. Uh, he had some promise. What two three years ago? Um, let's go back to when he had significant. 2018, he had 487 487 at bats. So pretty good sample size. He batted 300. Um, he had seven home runs, but he had 16 stolen bases. And then his uh, counting stats were 61 and 62, not great. But 2019, 238 at-bats. Um, he batted 231, uh, and he batted three home runs and eight stolen bases. But last year, um, he didn't play every day. It says 50 games, but um, only 168 at-bats. So this is 2020. He batted 286, uh, and he had four home runs. So, you know, maybe double-digit home runs and eight stolen bases. So... It looks like he's probably a good batting average guy, um, a 10 to 15. Uh, I mean, he was on pace for, shit, over 20 stolen bases last year. But, you know, a 10, 15 guy who um, can bat 280. He can and did bat 300 over basically a full season um, at pick 302 or rank 302 at NFBC and second, third, short eligibility. Just kind of a kind of a batting average, um, you know, kind of like Victor Reyes, kind of a batting average uh, stolen base guy. But he's really not going to do uh, too much else um, unless he goes to a great lineup um, and he, and he might get traded. So I'll probably put put Wendell at the bottom of my list. Um, I was surprised by by Jackie Bradley Jr. last year. He was going into a contract year, so that's a thing, but. Using that, the idea of using um, contract year as a variable to take into consideration for either a prediction, if he's going into one or he's coming off of one, it, it's, it's not been historically um, 
useful at all. But you can't prove anything. So if you do use that as a variable, um, last year was his uh, his best year of the last three years, even though it was shortened and um, and he just signed with the uh, what what you call it's uh, Milwaukee Brewers, decent hitting park. Uh, I'm not too confident in this one, but uh, stolen bases is the idea here, and maybe his defense um, gets him. Maybe his defense and uh, Lorenzo Cain getting up there in age. Um, not that he's going to supplant Lorenzo Cain, but he Cain might get injured. My point is his defense and um, gold glove caliber and uh, the injury situation there, he might get every day at bats. But he is battling with Avisel Garcia uh, for right field. Right field? Yeah, 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 because uh, Yelich is in left. Kane is in center, but anyway, he's at pick 343, and he did surprisingly uh, well last year. Uh, in let me pull it up in 55 games, 191 at bats, batted 283. His best mark, I'm looking at it ever. His best mark ever. So that's good. But he's a really streaky player. He can be the best hitter in baseball for a whole month, and then end the year with uh, you know 249 batting average. Uh, he kind of did do that when he was batting 400 like a month and a half into the season in 2016, and then he ended uh, the season batting two, 267. He had his most home, most home runs, but anyway, 2020, 191 at-bats. He batted 283. Um, I'm not going to read the RBI and runs because it's a different context and maybe a better park um, in Milwaukee for home runs, but he had seven home runs in Fenway Park half his games. And five stolen bases. If you wanted to prorate that out, that would be 2115. So 283, 2115 in what I think is going to be a way better lineup than last year. Um, I think Hira and Yelich will be good. Now, he's not going to be batting in front of them, um, uh, but he might be batting in front of them because he might be batting eighth. Um, so he might get Hira to knock him in. But 283. Um, you know, prorated 21 and 15 for home runs and stolen bases at pick 343. Is he 30 yet? Um, I don't know the stolen base habits of Council there, Craig Council and uh, whatever, uh, and the Brewers there. So I don't know how that's going to change. But he, he's 30. He's 30. So he might still run. Um, just keep an eye on him. At pick, again, 343, it's, you know, just keep an eye on him. Don't necessarily draft him. Uh, there really isn't, uh, it's, this is just, all right, this pick is 26-year-old Lewis Brinson because, Lewis Brinson, just, just because he was a monster at AAA, and I don't understand how you could never, you'd be that good and then have a major league, uh, Batting average under 200. I'm sure it's happened, but that's it's one of the worst in recent memory. Um, I guess his best performance was in 2018. Batted 199, and in 382 at-bats, he had 11 home runs and two stolen bases. But this guy's a five-tool player if he uh, matures. Um, I heard good things about him from Mattingly. I know that means nothing, and it does mean nothing. And I just kind of want to believe in Lewis Brinson. He's still 26. He could crack that lineup if he has a good spring, or if he does uh, well in intermittent, um, you know, interrupted uh, at bats. He could get uh, you know more playing time. Uh, last year in 106 at bats. I don't know if you call this an improvement, but 
he batted his highest uh, batting average ever at 226, um, and he had three home runs so and four stolen bases. So 106 at-bats, you know, you're not going to prorate that, but if you did, it would be an 18-24 clip. Um, again, if he has one more home run, then it goes from 18 to 24. If he has one fewer home run, it goes from 18 to 12. So doesn't mean much, but, you know, he could be a low batting average uh, 2020 guy, and I don't even know what pick he's at. Let's let's see where he's ranked at NFBC. But uh, I wouldn't necessarily draft 545. So I wouldn't necessarily draft him, um, but keep an eye on him. Um, just because pedigree, and he's ranked 545. No one else is drafting him. 